0: Heads up, these are adults having adult conversations, so there could be adult content. I'm so excited, you guys. I have Taylor Lynn Finger joining me on this episode. She is my former trio mate from Stealing Angels. We traveled the country together. We opened for Tim McGraw, Lady A, went on a USO tour. We lived together in a house for like three years together on top of touring together. I mean, that's a lot of time together. I know this girl so much. She's also in recovery. She shares that story. She's the mother of two beautiful boys. She's Loretta Lynn's granddaughter. She has a tribute to her that she travels all around the country doing. She is so hilarious. We laugh so hard, we cry. And so in the beginning of this episode, I promise it's just a little bit of laughing, but we cannot stop laughing. It is so good to talk to her. I know you're going to love this interview. So here she is, Taylor Lynn Finger, and we're laughing our butts off. Okay, I'm here with Taylor Lynn Finger. No, I don't want it. Taylor Lynn. I'm here with Taylor Lynn Finger. (laughs) Taylor Lynn's your stage name, though, right? Well, can we start over (laughs) No. <laughs> so Taylor Lynn. <laughs> oh guys, this is going to be an- <laughs> this is going to be an interview because Taylor has <laughs> Oh gosh, Shayla. The problem is Taylor and I used to be in a trio. <laughs> and now why are you making me laugh? <laughs> Stop. We did this for years. <laughs> and we laughed so hard we cried. <laughs> what is happening here? Okay, Taylor. Taylor, pull it together. <laughs> we gotta start the interview. <laughs> I'm sweating. Okay. <laughs> we have to start the interview. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question and tell me the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Happiness. Oh. What? <laughs> this. You know what? Honestly, good friendships where you can guttural <laughs> laugh. I think that's a word. Guttural. You have tears all I over have your te- face. I'm streaming tears because. <laughs> We really did this for so long, and is there any better uh, happiness than innocent laughter that you just can't even stop? Do you know that I laugh harder with you than I think anyone? Oh my gosh. Listen, when we used to do that (laughs) on stage, I I want to say to anyone that's listening, we would do this in radio stations. We'd start laughing and we couldn't stop. On air. On air. Like crying laughing. Oh my gosh, we've done this at the CMA Fest. (laughs) I mean, like we literally would have to just walk away and just not look at each other. Why do you make me laugh so hard i have no idea what it is i think i have no idea (laughs) i think we used to do it to escape a little bit you know like escape our reality for a minute but now i have no idea okay Okay. we got it i think we got through it okay so happiness is this okay what's your vision what's my vision for your life and career (laughs) oh okay um just the word vision. Okay. Oh, okay, Sharon. Caroline's mom's name is Sharon and she is a <laughs> philosopher. So, okay, vision. Don't think about this. It's rapid fire. Oh, rapid fire. Vision. You didn't say this is rapid fire. It's rapid fire. Okay, vision. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Uh <laughs> yeah, I think my vision is right now. Honestly. I mean I know so I you're keep- in the moment. I am in the moment. Is that I'm- something you've come to because you did not used to live in the moment? And I know this because we were in a band, Stealing Angels, together, which we'll get into. You're also the granddaughter of Loretta Lynn, which we're going to get into, and you're your own person and badass, just period. And we'll just get into all that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've had to work really hard to be in the moment. Somebody just said to me yesterday, and it could have actually been you, that said, you always want what you don't have. Uh, or, it was It, was, it was you. Yeah, because like I live on a farm right now, and I'm like, well, maybe I need a little bit more town. and. When I have somebody that I trust and love, like you, that'll say, that knows me and will say, you know, you always want just a little bit different. And then I'll go, oh, you're right. Right. So I'm 100% happy where I'm at right now. And my vision is right now. I have a career that I love. I have a family that I love. I have good friends. I don't have any enemies. I have. Isn't that a great place, like, to get through that dramatic 20s, 30s? (laughs) Because you're you're reaching the big. 4-0. 4 Oh, we used to lie about your age. We're, t- we're, we're loud years. and proud about Remember it. Remember that one time that we did, I'll never forget it. We did that interview and it says, <laughs> what care, we each would take interviews on and Caroline did a printed <laughs> interview that said, "Taylor is 34. Taylor is divorced. And we had been saying I was 29 <laughs> and certainly not divorced. <laughs> but yes, I am divorced, married again, and I'm going to be 40. So how did that feel when I, in that part of your life, when we were doing Selling Angels and we were like trying to make it mm-hmm. on the radio, how did that make you feel when that was printed? 34, divorce. Because that was well, a chapter I think, of your life. You know life. what? I was ashamed of that. At the time, I was ashamed of that. I was trying to be somebody that, I was myself in so many ways, but I, you know, you're seven years younger than me. Jen was five years younger. Y'all were in your 20s. I was in my 30s. So I was trying to be 25. Jen Wayne was the other member of Ceiling Angels. Mm-hmm. She's now in a great band called Runaway June. They're doing amazing. Um, and their lead singer now is like 25, I think. So and yeah. Jen's older and yeah, so I don't know, I'm sure she kind of gets it. But um, I, ADHD just so fell how, how did it feel? Be... I was just ashamed, you know? I mean, I wanted to be 25. I wanted to weigh 95 pounds. And... I, I had to pretend that that's what was up. Now I'm embracing fully who I am. I have two kids. I have a wonderful husband. I'm going to be 40 next month. And I'm finally embracing that part of myself because I love myself enough. Isn't it really great to get to the place where you love yourself? I feel like I finally got there. Like I always like lo- liked myself, and mm-hmm. I loved myself, but like I didn't fully love all of myself. And I feel like maybe we had a little bit of that in common. Yeah, and I mean, I think when you're in your 20s, you don't know anything. I mean, 20s are just a crapshoot. They just really are. I mean, you're you're just kind of just swimming through it, you know. (laughs) And then you start getting in your 30s, and you really turn into a woman, and you know, kind of who you are, what you want. And then I think after you're about 35 years old, that's when you start going, okay, this is really who I am, and I'm okay with that. So, who are you? oh what is your soul like what is your who is the core of taylor lynn finger uh the word that keeps throwing in my mind is joyful how wonderful yeah i mean i feel like i have a lot of joy i think i exude joy i try to bring joy to my children to my husband we laugh i'm a laugher i mean i just love to laugh i love to have a good time um I'm a nurturer today You know, I love to cook and clean And take care of my family But I'm still that performer That's, you know, balls to the wall 110 I love to perform Um, and I feel like you found a good balance? I think that's Going to be a forever thing, trying to find balance You know, I'm either too busy Or bored (laughs) I mean, I don't know when that's going to happen Yeah, there's really no in between for you, huh? Well, there's really not, because when I go, most of my shows are in the Pacific Northwest out in Seattle, where we lived in a while, for a while, and I'll go out there, and I'll take both kids, and we'll go for a month, and I'll have 15 shows, and then I'll just be insane, and then I'll come home to our farm, and I'm sitting there for three weeks, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to claw my own skin off. So... Being in the moment, yeah. So that's when you bring your mom over, Cindy Plemons, who's hilarious, and you make exercise videos on the yeah. front porch with a million dogs running through and your mom doing, like, leg damage. Well, and my husband will go, Please, so in those moments, <laughs> that's when I'll bring mama over with Mason, who is my four-year-old nephew, who is crazy, and he and my four-year-old son together just tear the house up. I join, you know, Beachbody and Advocate, and I start selling things. And then <laughs> I start a mom's group in town and my husband is like, babe, please don't take anything else on. I promise you're going to wig out. Yeah. And so then I just, you know, yeah, d- get in the Bible and hit my knees and pray <laughs> to God that I'll find balance. Okay. So let's get into like your life. I have a few. More, well, actually, I want to see a few more questions. Okay. Are these rapid fire or are these Yeah, I mean, You kind of answer all these questions. Yeah. They're rapid fire. What does faith mean to you? Do you edit these? No. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> what does faith mean? To Jesus Christ. Um, but it's not that, you know, I think there's a lot of hateful religion talk. I think I'm from the South. I'm from the Bible Belt. I mean, it's like if you didn't love Jesus, then you were awful. And I mm-hmm. moved to Seattle, and I saw so much hatred come from religious groups right and i'm not that i mean i love my homosexuals and i love you know i mean you love everybody i do and i'm you know pro-choice and i believe that jesus is the way to get to heaven but i think that it's everyone's personal journey um you're not taking it on to be the judge of everyone no and i love jesus and i love my religion i love god and he has saved me and I think he can save you too, but I want that to be between you and God. And yeah. if I can help you, let me help you. <clears throat> yeah. But my very best friend and my husband—they're both atheists. You know, and that is cool. It's
1: what, what? Do I, your thing, <laughs> man.
0: Be you. I I, I I agree with you on that. Everyone has their own journey. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we have background music. If y'all can hear it, Taylor's hosting. Tell me what you're hosting right now. Well, first of all, let me tell you how OCD that Caroline is, that this is really bothering her. I don't even think y'all can hear it. I'm hosting, it's called Nashville Bike Week, and we are having the pre-party tonight Next September 2017 is a huge bash. And OPS, oh, you're co hosting one night with me. I just got oh. you a job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, friends. I said we'd have a great time. We would be the awesome. Best. We're going to do the Hard Rock Night because oh. we're not going to do country. Great. Because I thought we would be good at doing an alternative. So we're going to do that. So it's next. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> next September. There's going to be like 100,000 oh. m- motorcycle riders out to the I'm ranch. In. Nashville Dude, is, Ranch, Lins, Dude Ranch Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch It's 60 miles west of Nashville There are going to be bands every night Our headliners right now Are Shooter Jennings Jamie Johnson Colt Ford Okay Yeah I'm down It's going to be great babe I mean they're going to have honky tonks <laughs> Up and down Out in the cornfield So Everybody's Loretta Lins, Dude Ranch is fun though It's a place to go It's like a destination And mm. there's tons of fun concerts That happen like that Me Are we talking about this now? Sure so, Meemaw's Ranch, you know, we moved out there. And, and Meemaw's Loretta. And Meemaw is Loretta. And we moved out there. There is camping and cabins, and you can tour her home that's on coal miners' daughter. Jim, who was her bus driver for 30 years, is the one that gives you the tours of the home. There's a western town. You might see her outside planting flowers or feeding a skunk. Because everybody skunk. lives there. She has a pet skunk? Yeah, babe. You I would love it. i always wanted a pet. Oh, Did she God. get it desacked? Or does she have the sack intact? Babe, I bet she has the sack in there. So that skunk can, can spray? Yeah, she don't care. Loretta Lynn's getting sprayed by a skunk while I she's don't, planting well, flowers? Well, it has squir- <laughs> squirted before whatever it's, whatever it's called. Are, are you serious? Yeah, babe. Your grandmother, the living legend Loretta Lynn, has a pet skunk? When we were little, she took a ferret out. I mean, she's had ferrets, raccoons, love, well, she loves squirrels. Rodents. Yeah, she does. Well, she loves squirrel meat. So she has the pet squirrel and then she'll eat it? I don't know if it was a pet and then she ate it, but what does she? Does she bring him on the bus? She did. I mean, she Did she bring some... the skunk on the bus? No, Caro. Where does the skunk live? Under the house. Oh, so it's like a it's not living skunk. in the house. She, she just feeds bu- it. She didn't go buy it at the store and like raise it. And, Where like... do they sell skunks, Caroline? You can buy pet skunks. Okay Uh, Let me tell you something About (laughs) Caroline I'm sure she's told you When we all met her She would carry around A sugar glider In her bra Yeah Okay And it would fly everywhere I never saw it personally fly But I'm sure it did I love rodents Me and Loretta Have that in common Uh Okay so great She has a pet skunk Does she name it no. Okay. Let's move on. Okay, we're gonna move on. <laughs> So all of the Lynn clan lives at Loretta Lynn's Dulant. From Loretta to the twins, Patsy and Peggy, yep. to your dad Ernie, yeah. to you, that's right. and your husband, who else lives there? That is it. The the twins don't live there anymore either. Oh. That's where they grew up and Patsy lived down the street forever, but now Peggy has an amazing farm called Madison Creek Farm. She does CSA. I mean, she just—it's you should go see her at the okay. farmers market. You would love it. Okay. And Patsy is managing me, and producing her records, and just so she's moved into producing it. Isn't she producing your record? She is. So you have a new EP, and I record have a new album. EP out right now called The Ranch. Oh, what was it yes. inspired by? It was inspired by living on the ranch because I recorded it um, with London Tone Records out in. Seattle, but since then we've moved back to the ranch. we're going to get into all of that too. Yeah, I since can't wait, babe. I want to talk about your EP. So it's called The Ranch. It has a duet with Meemaw, What's Lynn the Lynn on there. It's Honky Tonk Girl, the first song she ever recorded, and actually James House, who wrote Martina McBride's Beautiful Wing and a few other songs. I can't think of the top of my head. Broken right Wing. Now. Broken Wing. Did I just call it Beautiful Wing? Yeah. Yeah, Broken Wing. See. <laughs> Just check it. Yes. Just yeah. <laughs> Bro you know, beautiful. It's a beautiful Broken Wing. Oh god. So Broken Wing, yeah. So he you, did that. He produced that song and um the song Cold Dust. Oh, love Cold Dust. Oh, thank you. So, okay. Yes. And also, okay. you're in a duo now with a Grammy winning a guitar player? Yes. He um, won a Grammy for it's acoustic finger style picking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just great. Eric Teamstead and he'll play on the record. We'll make it out here in Nashville. But um, yeah, we tour all over the West Coast and people just love Eric. I mean, he is a star out there. It is a whole different type of music that I'm used to what he does with. He has a, now that music uh, is starting to it's just ramping up <clears throat> you know we're into to the good part yeah tinkstead and rumble is is who he's with and they do this kind of i don't know what kind of music it is it's very confusing to me but it's with beautiful. me it just says country we do a loretta lynn tribute and, and you all just play around yeah you are know, a little duo do you all have a name no it's just taylor lynn no Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> i mean taylor lynn and eric tinkstead I love this. Yeah, it's, they say Taylor Lynn, granddaughter of Loretta Lynn, with (laughs) Grammy award winning artist Eric Tingston. You know, that's a good, it's all about how you present things. Hey, it's branded. People like it. And his wife's our booking agent. She's been a bookie. They got it all in the family, man. Yeah, might as well. So that's a (laughs) dress. You're sweating over there. It's a little hot. It's a little hot. Well, and we have the door closed because it's so loud. But I mean, it's really not helping. It's fine. We're on the back of this. Gibson, Gibson bus. And guitar bus. So awesome. I think there's six of them, and three of them are out in L. A. all the time, and the other three are here in Nashville, and they just take them around to big events and host the artists. It's really awesome. Yes, it's super cool. So you grew up really country. You grew. Let's start at the beginning. You grew up in oh. Nashville. I grew up in a small town called Franklin, which is about 20 miles south of Nashville. And you are Loretta's granddaughter. Yes. When did you realize that you have a living legend for a grandmother? You know, I actually get that question asked a lot lately for some reason. I don't know why it's coming around now, but maybe because I'm doing the Loretta Lynn Tribute. Um, Not until I was about 19, my grandfather passed away and I moved in with Meemaw into her house in Nashville. And so I started going on the road with her professionally. And I had... When I was younger, I went on the road with her all the time, but I never watched her. I always went on the fair rides and we had these bands so we could get first in line. Okay. When I started watching the audience watch her, for the first time in my life, I thought, oh my god, they love her. Like, they love, love her. You could see it. I mean, it was like people watching Elvis or something. You know, people crying and singing and moving. And it wasn't like these big concerts that you see today where people are jumping up and down and they're just so fired up to beat a concert. It's about her. And they love her music and what she has to say. Yeah. I mean, and she'll talk throughout her whole show and just... People just hanging on every word. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. And you know, back then I didn't really know a difference. I just knew that she was special. I knew she was special as my grandmother anyway, and I knew she was famous. But I didn't understand what she was until that moment. Is that when you started singing? I started singing when I was very small. So you've always sung. I've singing since out of the womb, Mama says. Okay. Did you just sing because you sang? Is in your? It's in your blood. I. Yes, or is it because your dad sings too? Well, I mean, dad's a singer. My aunts are singers. My cousins are singers. The singing was everywhere. It was everywhere, and Whoa. oh, <clears throat> oh, that's Golly, a firework! The pyrotechnics right there. <laughs> just went off, y'all, and it's a party Whoa. now. <laughs> um, and Mama loved to sing too, and so we would just sing all the time and dance around to ABBA, and you know, we just we sang. That's just what we did. When did you realize that you wanted to do it professionally and for your life? Always. Always. Even when even, I was even before I think my you knew mom Loretta. must have put it in my head. Even before you knew Loretta was Loretta and this was in your book. I always knew Loretta was Loretta. You asked when I knew she was a living legend. Oh, okay. So I always knew that she was famous and that she was a big singer and she sang and she had fans. I just didn't know the extent to what how she moved people until I was older. Okay. But I always wanted to be her. Okay. I mean, always. But my mom would always say, oh, you know, it's okay that you have got F's and all that, because you're going to be a singer. I'm like, exactly, Mom. I mean, my mom was so crazy. I love your mom. Tell me about your childhood. What was it like? Tell you about my childhood, what it was like. What do you, I mean, what does that really mean? Tell me what it was like growing up in a very famous family. Well, Mom and Dad got divorced before I was born. So, I was born Julie Ray Lynn. Oh, yeah, you have changed your name. Yes, I was born Julie Ray Lynn, and then about two years later, they Julie changed it Ray Lynn. to Taylor Vanette Greer. How on earth did that happen? And so granddaddy said, we can't keep changing her name, so we're going to call her Pooh Willie. Why did they change your name to begin with? My mom was so in love with my dad. She'll love to hear this interview. <laughs> Mama was so in love with daddy that she wanted to get back at him. So she thought, I'll take his rights away. I'll get married again, and I'll let this guy adopt her. So, And John Greer was a great guy. So s- someone completely adopted you away from yeah. your dad. Yeah. Did you get re-adopted by your dad? Yes. Well, Gosh, I mean. Gosh, your life is crazy. Well, okay. John was never, I mean, he was my dad for a while. But, I mean, my mom Greer? got divorced, John Greer. Then she got divorced and then got married again to Roger. And Did they change her name when she married Roger? No, it remained Taylor Vanette Greer. And then when I was 18, I changed it to Taylor Vanette Lynn. Yeah. How long did it say? Ta- where, where did Vinette come from? Okay, so get this, Pawpaw, <laughs> Loretta's husband, my dad's dad, uh-huh. his middle name is Vanette. So, so, so he- she kept it, but without telling John Greer that I was still going to be, you oh, know, Lynn. Th- yeah, she it, slid it in. It, there. She slid that Vinette in there. So your granddad, Papa, said we can't keep changing her name. No, Granddaddy, Granny's husband, Mama's daddy. So he's going to call you Pooh Bear, Pooh Willie. Legally, well, no, babe not legally well on his deathbed i mean i wrote him a song poo willy now i had been on the drugs at that time so, so how did you get into that phase of life can i just tell you something yeah so granddaddy's lying there dying right oh, i mean gosh. god love his heart he's dying i've relapsed i am standing over his bed saying here comes poo Willie." Pooh are you are you <laughs> messed up at this point yeah it's not right now of course well, i'm sober obviously. but yeah and he said "Tyler." I think you really need to find some faster songs to start singing. Some what? Faster songs to start singing. I don't bed? think he liked the song That Willie. was what was happening on his deathbed. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, okay. So, you you lead, you get adopted by Greer. You change your name from Julie well, Ray Lynn. I just want to say this. Julie Ray Lynn's a really pretty it's name. A beautiful name. Hold Why'd on. You never Let go me say this. That? In case my aunt is listening <laughs> to this. When my grandfather died, it was a very beautiful moment. I do want to say that. Right. He... Tried to save my husband on his deathbed. And I'll never forget that. Him talking about the love of Jesus Christ to my husband. And Van Westbrooks is his name. And he was a father figure to me for so many years. And he was a wonderful man. So I don't want to make light of his death. So I really do want to say that just Hmm. in case we're laughing about it. But I do want to pay tribute, major respect to Van Westbrooks and his daughter Angie because they... Have helped raise me and are wonderful people, and I would never want to disrespect them at all. Totally. So I just want to put that little disclaimer in there. There's a lot of people in your life. It's like following. It's like connecting the dots. It's a, There's a lot. Tra- I've even, I've known you for ten years, and I'm trying to connect the dots. I know it's a lot. You know Angie though. I know Angie. Okay, so me, for people listening, so you you you're born. Your parents are divorced before you're born. Your dad's Loretta's son. Your mom loves your dad so much. She says, "I'm going to take your name away from him to get him back with slides and Vanette." So that's why you changed from Julie Ray Greer, Julie Lynn. Ray Lynn to Taylor Vinette Greer. Okay. So then I live the rest of my childhood in Franklin. Um, you know, it was a tumultuous childhood. I, there was abuse. There was. Abandonment there, but there was also laughter and fun and and music. Music always saved us. Between Jesus and music, there was always a saving grace there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we had donkeys in the backyard. We lived in junkyards. We were poor. We were redneck rich, you know. And then, um, which is hard to believe. People would never believe that because you come from a famous. People are always family. shocked. Even. People that knew me growing up that we were ever poor or that I, there was ever an, any abuse that went on because people have like, an image in yeah, their mind. Exactly. People paint an image and they think it's one way when really sometimes famous families are the most like... Yeah, met. tortured that there are, yeah. Uh-huh. So how how did you get into drugs and alcohol in that season of your life? Um, and how did you get out of it? Well... When I was 13 or 14, I took my first drink, my stepdad let me drink, um, and I got drunk and blacked out, threw up everywhere, and the next day I thought, oh my gosh, I want to do it again. <laughs> that was the most fun I've ever had, and I've got to do it again. And so I did it again, and again, and again, and then I got on drugs, and you know, it was just that slippery slope. Um, when and I and s- you kind of had a little free reign. like, like y- Well, Yeah. I mean, it it went between my stepdad was either really strict or buying me vodka. You know, like it was just this whole thing. And mom was, my mother is a beautiful, lovely woman, but she just wasn't a strict mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love me some Cindy. Oh, Cindy's wonderful. (laughs) She loves, she doesn't care what I talk about. Um, (laughs) So then when I started going out on the road with Meemaw... One great thing that my mom did growing up is that she never let us talk about me, mom. Like she never let us say, "Oh, my grandmother's Loretta Lynn, so let me do this or that." Like she was always so afraid that we were going to get act entitled that she never let us do that. So once I learned how to do that, when I was about twenty, I could get into bars, I could hang out with cool people in Nashville, I could get drugs, I could do anything I wanted to do. I felt like I was you got like the proof. golden ticket. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know what a ticket... I mean, I took it to the max. And so very fast, I, I was became addicted to cocaine and pills. And, you know, I remember the first time I, I took my first hydrocodone, Tab. I took it, and I thought, this is exactly the way I'm supposed to feel. Like, there's been something missing, and now it's not, and this is how I'm supposed to feel. And so I remained, um, addicted. I mean, I think you fight addiction forever, um, for years. And then when I was about 27, my stepdad died. Greer? Uh, That was my adopted dad. My stepdad's Roger. Oh, Roger. Yeah. (coughs) Roger and mom stayed married for almost 22 years. So he was the longest man in my life. He was, you know, know, he was my dad. Yeah. They were married a long time. I didn't actually realize it's 22 years. Yeah. Well, they were together 22 years. Yeah. They got married when I was six. So, okay. Um, or something like that. <laughs> so that's timetables off, but whatever, it doesn't yeah. matter. A long time, he died, and I was at rock bottom at that point. I was a crack and heroin addict, and some did th- you know you were at rock bottom? Like I, I thought I'm going. I f- could feel black images around me all the time. Like I was either hallucinating all the time, or I could not. I weighed eighty five pounds. I could not—my boyfriend was 70 years old. I mean, just, you know, I was— You were living living it hard. It was terrible. I mean— Is that what happens? It's a slippery slope? Like, it just starts kind of fun, and then all of a sudden it got out of control? I was a pill addict for so long, and those were so expensive, and the withdrawals from pain pills is so excruciating that when you run out, you don't know what you're going to do with yourself. I mean, it is— horrifying it's uh, the worst feeling you've ever had and uh I was hanging out with this guy and I thought I'm never ever gonna smoke crack how I can't believe I'm actually talking about this, this is the first time I've ever talked about this but really I mean like this you know that I mean I got ca- they kind of put a stop to it in media training remember <laughs> you know we're all about authenticity and honesty now right that's yes, right <laughs> I mean I mean I'm I'm glad that I can share these stories because I don't do that anymore but anyway I was in such a bad place and in so much pain. I tried it, and immediately it was like the doors opened, and you felt oh peace, ecstasy. Yeah, I think would be the right word. Yeah, and I was hooked. There was no way for almost a year. There was no way to get away from it. it that drug. Which was one was it? Crack. Oh wow! And yeah. then to come down from crack, you would smoke heroin, Dang. and so it was terrible, Caro. And there was no way to get away from it. It was a. Cycle. It was my master. It was Mm. my master. And so when Roger died, I was able to somehow, they hadn't seen me in months. Nobody could find me. And somehow my brother found my phone number. I don't even know why I had a phone, honestly. And my little brother found my phone number, and he said, Tay, you know, Roger died in a car wreck. And Roger was using, so he died drunk driving. And I said, I'll be right there. And... I finally got home after hours. I couldn't figure out how to get home. I finally got home, and I got arrested the next day and went to jail. And in the back of the cop car, I remember thinking, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. I'm done. Like, thank you, Jesus, for arresting me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in the back of a cop car. I I cannot get out of this by myself. No one's going to get you out. Nobody's going to help me. Nobody. So you were trapped. So you are going to have – did you have to detox in jail? No. So my aunt, Angie, who I talked about, my savior – she um, let me sit in jail throughout the funeral and everything and let me sit in there. I had enough drugs in my system. I was okay for a few hours. Um, Angie said, I will come get you out of jail, but you have to go to Cumberland Heights today. And I said, oh, my God, that's all I want. You, and that, and you oh, that's all I you want. You have to want you to be sober. have to want it. You have to be so sick and tired of the game that you got it. You're done. Did you think you were going to die? I did, yeah. I mean, and I didn't care, but I I knew that there was a part of me that wanted to live. You know, of course, yeah. There was that small part that said, if I can get sober, I know I'll be okay. Wow, and Tate. I was, and I had been to six treatment centers. So but that was there. other people wanting you to go, right? Yeah, I mean, or me trying to get out of trouble, or manipulate a guy, or you know, get you somebody off my back. Or, you hadn't really. This was the hit first time I the said bottom. Please take me there. And I went into the chapel there at Cumberland Heights, and I hit my knees, and I can remember the light swaying above me, and me just saying, God, please take it away. And he did. Right then and there, he took it all away. Your, your desire? It was done. Yeah. Really? Yes. I mean, I have to work on it all the time. I work with other people, you know, trying to share the message. and Right. And I, that's one thing about you is... You have committed so intensely to your recovery and like making that a part of your life and like prioritizing it, and that's amazing. Like hearing this, st- right. yeah, hearing this story from you makes me realize what you ever- overcame. Because like we didn't really talked in debt. We talked about it, but like you almost made. I almost maybe didn't get you. Is what I'm trying to say. Like the- when we met. You had come through that dark valley. Well, but, you know, if you think about it, I was sort of newly sober. I mean, I think we met when I I was at my five-year mark or something like that. But I was still so sick in so many other ways. But, I mean, I almost didn't get you. Like, you could have, like, not been here on this earth. Oh, yeah, sure. The fact that I'm sitting in the back of a bus with you right now and I have two kids. Yeah, and a family. Is that is why when you say the word faith. Thanks be to God and G. I mean without the, without my faith, my faith in doing the footwork, there's no way I'd have peace today. So, you got sober mm-hmm. and then that's when what happened when you got sober? What did sobriety sober living look like for you and how, what is your life so, look like? So, I was in rehab for about a month and a half and I I knew it wasn't enough, so I moved into a halfway house. Good for you. Yeah. Um uh, my other sort of addiction What used to be Would be men So I got married Right out of rehab Of course You know And I will say Your first husband was a doll What a nice sweet, man Sweet person Such a nice man Yes you married a great person I sure did mm-hmm. I mean we were great for each other He was in sobriety too I have Good accountability partners Yes There's not there's not one bad thing I can say about sweet Jim Hill nope. I mean not love one him. Love him Yes I great him man too. Family was great We just weren't in love, period. But you guys were very necessary. We were, we were great friends. Yeah, and we were able to get a divorce and say, you know what, we're just not in love. I love you, and I wish the best for you. And that's sort of about the time that I met you guys. Yeah. Um. It's a sobriety. Yeah, that's when was sober living. (laughs) Was it hard to get used to? Sober leaving was not hard to get used to in the beginning because Jim and I both, um, we did it together. Our lives, our friends, everything was surrounded by other sober people. So I had that first two to three years. All, it was all sobriety all the time. And I was out, I went back out on the road with Meemaw and, um, you know, Jim went too. So we brought our sobriety with us and, her band members were so great. And my aunts were so great about supporting my sobriety and my recovery That's awesome. that I was very safe out there. Um, so so I can remember, happened? I can remember getting an, an email from Anastasia Brown Yep. and Anastasia, I ignored it cause I didn't really know who she was at the time. Mm-hmm. And Patsy emailed me and she said, Anastasia Brown is trying to get in touch with you. Tony Brown's wife. They are amazing people. You need to read this email I said, oh, my God, I remember getting it. So anyway, so I read the email, and it said, you know, I have a reality show that I want you to do uh, with Jennifer Wayne, John Wayne's granddaughter, and the descendant of Daniel Boone, Caroline Cutbirth. <laughs> and I said, well, a reality show, sure, man, I'm in. So I came. I met you guys, fell in love with you. They wanted us to be mean on the reality show. I, knew, I remember they wanted us to gossip and be the Laguna Girls and all that, and we did not want to do that. Mm-hmm. So you and Jen called me one cold December night. (laughs) And I remember I was at Meemaw's office in Nashville where I had lived previously when I was nineteen. And we were about to go out on the road and I will say this, I I consider my music a little more left of center. Caroline is a happy, 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 happy butterfly pop country singer and Jen, you know. She's a little more Patty Griffin. Yeah, but a little more a little still more mainstream than you. Yes. And I did not want to do music together at that we time. we weren't doing music together. We were just going to be on a reality yes. show together. And so y'all call me and you say, look. Y'all call me on two three-way. Yeah. And you said, look, we are going to be a duo if you don't want to be a trio. But we want to be a trio. And I was like, oh, hell no. Y'all ain't <laughs> going to be a trio without me. So it was the fear of y'all getting famous and me not that said yes. And that's sort of the conflict that you lived with the whole time during Stealing Angels. Yes, but what a beautiful blessing Stealing Angels was. I could not agree with you more. Stealing Angels blessed my life more than I knew. Like, I didn't know how much it blessed my life at the time. Yes. Did you? I kind of did, but afterwards. I can remember us sitting on our bus. So, we ended up getting a record deal and getting produced by Paul Wordley and Wally Wilson and Skyville Records. Um, and Paul did Dixie Chicks and all that. We were so Lady, excited. Lady Antebellum. We were like, we're going to be the new Dixie Chicks. Oh, yeah. We really believed that. And I think we were very close. We weren't. well I'm not comparing us to the Dixie Chicks. I don't think we quite had the music. We didn't have the music because it just wasn't there. We and weren't in sync. We weren't. All three of us were not quite on the same page. That's exactly right. And I think that's came out in the music. It did. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't in the cards. And you remember it was... Um, Patsy told me, what is his name? Don Cook would say, sometimes it's just not written in the stars. And he's a hit songwriter. Yeah. 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 So I can remember us sitting on the back of our bus because they gave us a tour bus. They would fly us everywhere. You we toured the country. We opened for Faith Hill, Tim McGraw. Oh, my gosh. Miranda everyone. Lambert, Kid Rock. I mean, Everybody. We went to Iraq for two weeks. And we would say... We are so lucky right now. We will look back on this one day and we will say, oh my gosh, can you believe we got to do this every single day? We would be home sometimes one day a month, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we got to see the whole country. Well, in- and it gave me the lesson of, you know what? I don't think I want to do radio. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's in in my heart to do it like that. And yep. so I think we learned so many lessons from it. And. Well, I mean, I was telling the guys up there, he said, well, obviously you guys are still great because she's come over to see you. And I said... You know, it's almost like he goes. It's almost like your army brothers. You know, you live on this submarine, yeah. like this bus, for so many years. You breathe the same air. We lived in the same house too. Uh, yes, and Not so you're just were connected we're forever. Yeah, you and I were like it was almost you, me, and Jen were so incestuous and, almost, and it was the only obsession in our life at that time. Yes, like, we couldn't have any even like our relationships. When we were at that point, they had to be like, like third on the list. Everything. Oh yeah, I mean, and it yeah. had to be, and the. People that were managing us—if it wasn't, then we were dirty dogs. It I'm, was obsessive with the career, but you know what? I'm I'm so grateful for that because we gave it our full heart. We gave it everything we had, and then it fell apart. And tell it me about apart. that. It fell apart. Well, uh, so we had been doing it for what three? We were on the road hardcore for a couple years. I think we were so together we, maybe like five, six years yeah. of the Angels, like with the reality show and all that. Maybe. So here we are. We're about to put out our third single. I'm, at this point, not done with Stealing Angels, but... We had two singles that were in the... Like, one was in the 40s. Yeah. And, like, two in the 40s, maybe. Yeah. And then we were putting out a third one. I hated the song. Oh, yeah. Little Blue Sky. I hated our second single. Um, I think we should have put out Ladder. You know, I just had right. out, all, you know, right. all these ideas. Okay, so I'm... Miserable. I think we're all miserable at this point. Yeah, we're kind of at a breaking point. We're over it a little bit. We're over our team. And so. Where I'll clean. my part in We're this. We're frustrated. Yeah. We're so, frustrated because it's not working on radio and I won't, we wanted it to. I won't tell all of it because yeah, I don't no, want. Yeah. No. Because um, every, every story has dirt and there's always a million sides. Yeah. And we thing. have so many parts in it. And yes. they have so many parts and it de- that doesn't really matter. And who even knows what's real or right or I whatever. mean, who even at knows, this babe? Point. <laughs> who even knows? But my part in it, what I did was that I met a man. At this point, I'm 35 years old. And you're starting to freak out. I've been married and divorced. We didn't put that in there. I did get divorced. Uh, oh, yeah, I did say that. And you're starting to freak out because you're... Well, taking, my eggs are going to dry up soon. Yeah, am said thirty five time. You said my eggs are going to dry up all the time. Oh, my gosh. So I meet this guy, and the minute he grabs my hand, I think, oh, my gosh, that's it. That's... There he is. I have found my husband. So he starts following us around the country. And after one week, we say I love you. I don't know if I ever told you that, because <laughs> uh, you would have killed me. Well, I mean, y'all got engaged after like twelve months. A month, days. yeah, yeah. So we get engaged, and then I moved to Seattle. So Taylor, literally, so this is what's happening on on Jen and my mm-hmm. timeline. We're all it's all good because like Taylor always moves is very extreme, moves super fast. Like everything you do is high intensity. Yeah, nobody's shocked that I'm getting moving or yeah, it's I your mean, personality. Yeah. And all of a sudden, though, t- it's like Taylor's like, "I'm moving to Seattle," and we're like, "Okay." And we're, we kind of think, "Okay, cool." Well, because well, Tristan, our road manager at the time, is like, "You know, we fly Ryan Bingham out of whatchamacallit. Yeah. it? It's we can do it. We'll make it work." Yeah. And so Jen and I are like, "Okay, we'll make it work." And meanwhile, though, our is starting to suffer because we're not doing well on radio. Yeah. The label's getting frustrated. I've it's, moved across the country. Taylor's moved across the country. I'm out. It's expensive to keep this label going. Yeah. We're an independent label. We're partnered with Sony, but like it's independent funded, and so. So, But we're like, okay, we'll keep it working, even though the momentum was starting to die. And then, what happened? What did you announce to us that really, like, was well, a shocker? Well, I, I, so in November, I realized I'm pregnant. So you'd met this guy. How long did y'all know each other? We were together four months. When you got pregnant. When we got pregnant. And I think, oh, great, I'm pregnant. That's so exciting. But at the same time, O-S-H-I-T, <laughs> Wally always said, don't That's break up and don't get pregnant. <laughs> Don't break up and don't get pregnant. So all of a sudden, we're breaking up and we're. Well, all of a sudden, things are already bad. And now I'm going to have to say, well, guess what? I'm pregnant. Something that's so exciting in my life, but that I know is going to tear us apart. And it does. I say, I don't want to do the radio tour anymore. I can remember in Jason Deere's office saying, I don't want to do the radio anymore. I can't. If y'all want to be a duo, go ahead. Y'all decide to be a duo. And then I'm like, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know. And then it just we get another reality show, they film all that, trying or trying. It's like the last attempt to. Save, it was just this band. terrible. It falls the apart. We don't bad. really talk for a while. It was you awful. You and I didn't talk for like two years. We would try, but it was still like there's a lot of wounds there still. Like we were still so sad about it ending, and we hadn't moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of like pain still. Yes, and so we had to take time. So Time heals everything. Time does heal everything. I ended up moving to Seattle with our little boy, our healthy little baby boy. True Diamond. True Diamond. And that's where you've really found your love, your music career that you love. It is. I was able to do, I do a Loretta Lynn tribute out of there, but I was also able to do my other music and find a great recovery group Um you know, you guys got to do Amazing Race. And, and then, it kind of worked out perfectly. At that time, like, you start your life. And I think we were ready for a break. Jen and I get on Amazing Race, and we do that, which was an awesome, awesome time of my life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think we realized that at that point, we were – it was better off this way. Yes. And then after we were all able to have that break and you guys were able to experience – a different life and me a different life realizing there's more than stealing angels more than stealing angels which was heartbreaking it was almost like a divorce yeah so then we um we all come back together i move back to nashville have a second son i've got music career you get married to sweet mercs jennifer's got (laughs) mercs is taylor's name for michael yes (laughs) um jennifer's got her new trio you've got your amazing hosting gig that's going so well and it's crazy how it works out like you don't. Think if it you will. do the next right thing, and if you have good intentions and a good heart, and can say you're sorry, we say both you're sorry. We're able to say we're sorry. We were both able to stand up and say. You know, Caroline and I met. She flew out to Seattle, and I sat there and I let her tell me every pain that she had. I'm not tooting my own horn. No, you did. You let me say it and you didn't try to say but you, but yeah. this. No, but. I just let you do it. You let me tell you my raw hurt It was excruciating too. I mean it was <laughs> I was really broken. Yeah, it was hours uh-huh. of you telling me how I hurt you. But I was able to hold that and it and then started it, like release for me. Well and it we started we were able to start building on that. And that's why we were able to sit here together as sisters, again as best friends, as and family. Than ever. Yes, on, and that's what it's about. You just keep walking, yeah. You know, and don't leave destruction. Don't keep your yes. own side of the street clean, and you're going to be all right. You are, mm-hmm. but you have to be big enough to say you're sorry too, and though. don't point fingers. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end, who wants to be right? You know, it doesn't. Yeah, what do is that to be saying? Right. You can be. You want to be right or happy? I always want to be happy, 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 happy. happy. Yeah, and I feel like you're the happiest you've ever been. Like, you're glowing, you have a beautiful farm, you have a beautiful family, beautiful husband, beautiful career, the career you always wanted. Yes. You always said, when we we're, when, when were in the middle of doing Stealing Angels, a huge radio, all across the country, you're like, I just want to do this Americana indie thing and do Loretta music and do a tribute and be barefoot and, like, do my thing. And yeah. now you're doing that. I know, it's in- insane. You were literally doing what you well, always wanted you know, to do. Well, you know, you and I talk about, you put the energy out in the world, you spell, you know, you say it to the world, it's going happen yes you proclaim it yeah that's crazy it's really it's really quite unbelievable yeah it is babe i'm so happy for you so thank you tell me about what's going on now so now we talked about your album so you're doing this album with- i'm doing the album i'm out at the ranch i'm doing events for the ranch where like the cma fest and this nashville bike week you know i'm just really trying to represent you're like the pr for the ranch yeah um, I'm doing that I'm doing these Loretta Lynn tributes All over the country I mean she that's loves. going so well I do Cause I love Mimal's music And I love that she lets me Attach her name to me Mm-hmm. Um and I've got my two boys, Scout and True, and then my husband, who I just kiss every day, John Cody. He's so sweet. He's beautiful, and he has changed me. How? Because he's the first man that you've respected. <sighs> because, Not, you, well, you know what? No, Jim, because you did. But he, something with John. No, has, I didn't respect Jim. I thought he was a nice guy, but I didn't respect him. John. He keeps you in line. He does. Well, you know, when I moved to Seattle. And I'll just quickly go through this. When I had my first son, I have never talked about this. Um, And I feel like it's a safe place with you. I had postpartum. And I relapsed after eight years of sobriety. And I know you know that. Um, That was heartbreaking for you. It was a terrible, I couldn't even believe it. John marrying a sober woman could not believe that could happen. But I stopped doing the things that kept me sober. Mm -hmm. I stopped getting on my knees and praying. I stopped talking to other alcoholics. I stopped doing service work. And I had postpartum, and in the C-section, they gave me Vicodin, and it just turned back on the addict again. Yeah. So I relapse, and he says, he takes the baby, they leave, nobody knows this, but they do now, but he he leaves, because at one point I said, if I ever relapse, take our children and go. And so he said, you told me to do that, and we're out. He said, you can either go back to rehab, or we're gone. So when I went back to rehab, I learned there were so many things wrong with me that I had no idea about. You know, like when you get sober from crack and heroin, you're just getting sober from crack and right. heroin. Yeah. When you get sober from, I had relapsed on ADHD medication, so and, it's so minor compared to like what. It but was. it was so huge right. in a li- the life yes. that I destroyed my children. You know, yeah. like these are huge things. Before yeah. it was just me and these. Now you have like a nasty family. drugs. Yeah. And he keeps his thumb on me when I get out because I'm the mother of his children now. You know, this isn't just some girl he's with. I'm not just his wife either. I'm the mother of his son. Mm -hmm. So he keeps that thumb on me for a good year. I mean, I got to check in. I am, and you know that's my worst nightmare because I'm. You need it. It changed everything, Caroline. It. My emails, my Facebook, my journals, everything is open now. My texting. You used to be more private. You private. Well, I did all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I had to hide it all. I had to hide the money I spent. I had to hide my texts. I had to hide yeah. the gossip, my trails. You couldn't really be a part of my life because I had so many secrets. Yeah, and secrets keep you sick. They keep you sick. And so all of a sudden, here's this man that cares enough about his son and his wife and his loyalty to us, that he's going to get in every nook and cranny, and he's going to pin me down, and I can either live that way, or I can go. Mm -hmm. I choose to stay. I choose to hold on. I choose to be in this marriage. And because of that, because of those choices, because of John's loyalty, because John showed up as the man I've never, a man I've never known to do in my life, because he was that man. I know. Because he was that man I change. There's not one secret I have. There's not one text he can't read. There's He knows that. I leave my receipts laying around. My We have one debit card. He can see everything I do. Do you feel so free? <sighs> I think that's why when you say, who are you? And joy is my core word. It's because John Cody Finger free made you. me be the best self he knew I could be. And that is marriage. That is what That's marriage. marriage is all about, isn't it? It's marriage. He made you rise up. Yeah. And I was there to meet him. You and know, you did. I did it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It is. Yeah. What an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is like, because marriage isn't always beautiful, but marriage is about making you be your best self. Yeah. And holding you, you accountable. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do it? Because it's. It's going to be uneven sometimes. Sometimes he's not going to want to rise up. Sometimes I'm My not mom going to. She says that. She says it's never fair at the same time. That's so great because somebody's going to be. Somebody's got to do it's the never hard equal lifting at the same time, right? Somebody's going to have to do the heavy lifting. <sighs> Carol, I'm going to have to get back to work. It. I hear that's him it. stopping. No, hey, that's it. But here's the last thing: leave your light. I like to wrap up with leave your light, leave inspiration. You know, I think we just did it. I mean, I think if there's anything I can say, is just rise up. Don't point your finger other people. Say you're sorry. Keep your side of the street clean. Be honest. Love your man with your whole heart. You know, just and be you. Everyone else is taken, as <laughs> Sharon Cutbirth would say. <laughs> I love it, Mom. <laughs> Alright, I love you, babe. Love you, This is awesome. You're the best. Caroline, she's the queen of talking. Hey, what's on your mind? She's on the inside. She got the I hope you loved hearing from Taylor Lindfinger. She is full of so much heart and soul. That girl has more passion, more drive, more just just soul is the word I have to say for Taylor. I'm so grateful to know her. I'm so grateful for the life we've lived together. And she inspires me beyond no end. So I hope you loved that interview. Next week is so fun because I have the gorgeous Kelly Pickler joining me again. And this is so cool because I'm on her show, I Love Kelly Pickler. And I interviewed her for her show, I Love Kelly Pickler. So this podcast interview we'll be airing on Thursday, the day after I air this podcast on Wednesday. So make sure to tune into CMT and watch it on Thursday, but then listen to it the day before with me and you can see what's happening. It's so fun. And I have a surprise There's a competition going on called Nash Next, and I am going to be interviewing the top five finalists. It's sponsored by Country Inn and Suites, and so I'm going to get all of the dirt for the Nash Next stars starting next week. So you guys get excited. It's going to be so fun. I cannot wait for you to join me. See you next week. Bye.